Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everything iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everything iconic. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Today on the show, we have a very special guest. Her name is Clea Duvall. She is the co-writer and director of the new movie Happiest Season, which premieres on Hulu today. It's an LGBTQ holiday rom-com. It is so cute. You guys, it stars Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, Daniel Levy from Schitt's Creek. It's fantastic. And I gotta say, I've been preaching for years that we need more LGBTQ representation in these holiday movies. I mean, Hallmark, for instance, they made, I believe, 40 new movies this year. And they do have one, finally, in 2020 that features two gay characters, which is very exciting. And Lifetime, of course, is doing some LGBTQ representation this year as well, and they dipped in a little bit last year. But this is the first time where they're lead characters that are part of the queer community, and it was so exciting to me. And I hope this just leads to more and more representation of different colors and uh, sexual orientations and people with disabilities and all sorts of stuff, because we make so many of these movies, I think it really does make a difference when people can see themselves on screen. And so I'm not saying every single movie needs to be a gay holiday film, but it is nice to get a little bit of representation. So you guys might remember Clea Duvall. She's also a, a wonderful actress. She was on Veep. She played Marjorie. Matt and I are rewatching that now, which is so fun. And she was in But I'm a Cheerleader, which is the Natasha Lyonne. Uh, it's a wonderful gay movie from, I believe it's the late 90s, early 2000s. I remember renting it from a video store as a kid. So it was so fun to chat with Clea about that movie and all of these other projects and holiday films, and specifically Happiest Season, which I hope everyone watches because they really put a budget behind it. And I, I don't know if I could stress enough how, how big of a deal it was for me. And so I, I know people probably roll their eyes every time I mention it, but I do think it's legitimately a big deal. And so I'm so grateful Clea brought this to our screens. So I wish we could have seen it in the movie theaters as it was intended. It was originally going to be a theatrical release, but because of COVID, they moved it to Hulu. But I'm still very excited for everyone to watch it. 
Uh, also, I want to mention that I have a spinoff podcast called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. I hope you guys will subscribe to that podcast. Uh, I'm going to be recapping with my co-host, Jenna Brister. We're going to be recapping The Happiest Season on uh, next week, so you can check that out. And this week, we have a little recap of The Polar Express, which is a wild movie. It's a wild movie. And my co-host, Jenna, and I basically just drag it for 30 minutes, so I hope no one, <laughs> hope no one gets too offended. But it's an insane movie with unhinged animation. Tom Hanks looks, I mean, unhinged in that film. And I love me some Tom. You know I love my king icon legend, Tom Hanks, but The Polar Express is wild. So go check out A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. You can also follow our Instagram account at A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. Again, we'll be recapping Happiest Season over there next week. But in the meantime, please enjoy this chat with Clea Duvall. And on Monday's episode of Everything Iconic, we're going to have Candy Burris from The Real Houses of Atlanta. I hope you'll all check that out. It's one of my favorite interviews I've done. It's it's really wonderful. So I hope you guys enjoy that on Monday. And I hope you're all having a wonderful Thanksgiving week. Uh, I'm sending love to all of you. Happy Thanksgiving. And please, I will leave you with this chat with Clea Duvall. Again, find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. You could check out some of the interviews over at YouTube, which is youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. So you can view these interviews. Uh, over there. I I put up all the ones that I'm allowed to put up, so you can check those out. Uh, And then if you want any of the Everything Iconic merch, go to everythingiconic.store. We have all sorts of new stuff for the holiday season. Again, it's everythingiconic.store. We have some really cute holiday items. We have stuff that says A Very Merry Iconic Christmas. We have these wine glasses that say Bedwine, or we have ones that say Queen Icon Legend that are very, very high quality that you could put in the dishwasher. We try to get really nice stuff, so go Check that out if you're looking for a cute holiday gift, everythingiconic.store. Okay, I love you all, and please enjoy this chat with the one and only queen, icon, and legend, Cleo Duvall. Bye. I just woke up thinking about going home with you and got very excited about Christmas. I get to go meet the people that made my favorite person. I'll always take December Abby, you and Harper have a perfect relationship. She is my person, and I really want everyone to know that. I don't want to marry her. What are you doing on your phone? I left a gentleman alone in my apartment, so I'm tracking him to make sure he leaves. You're tracking him? Yeah, I track everybody. If the NSA can do it, so can I. I'm so excited. I can't believe I'm finally going to meet everyone. There's something that we should talk about. I didn't tell my parents. I'm gay. So who do they think I am? This is Harper's orphan friend, Abby. Yes, of course. They're there. You're so brave. So her parents believe their straight daughter brought home her lesbian friend for Christmas? Not exactly. They also think that I'm straight. Have they ever met a lesbian? Clea Duvall, uh, the director, the writer of The Happiest Season. Clea, how are you doing, first of all? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. And you guys had the premiere at the Grove yesterday, a drive-in premiere. What was it like seeing this movie um, with with a group? I know it's not a theater, but... It was so cool. It, you know, as we were driving up onto... It was like on the rooftop, which was so beautiful. It was such a gorgeous night in LA and driving up and just thinking, this is all just because I had an idea one day that we're all able to do this. It's just, you know... Right. It's never lost on me how, you know, just how lucky I am. So take me to that day. I mean, I'm a gay man and I worship Christmas movies. I literally, I'm I'm a huge, you you can't see my tree. It's on the other side of this, but it's already up. Can I see it though? I do want to see it. I've been trying to get my partner to let me put up the Christmas tree. She says no too soon. Here, wait, I'm going to move it. I'm going to move it. 
Can you see? Oh yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'd give you a He's better one if I could. I'm just going to while she's sleeping. <laughs> it honestly made me feel so much better. Like I needed it, especially this year we've had. I feel like I just needed the tree up. Um, but so take me in that moment where you were like, I, I want to write this movie. I have to write this movie. What was that like? Well, you know, it's it's funny because, you know, I love I love holiday movies. I love the genre so much, you know, in spite of never having seen my experience represented. You know, I still look forward to watching them every single year. Um, And then when I moved into, you know, writing and directing, I realized that I could make that movie that I had always wanted to see, you know, and that was a really inspiring moment and um, led to me thinking, you know, thinking about the story and like, oh, what would, uh, you know, an LGBTQ plus, you know, holiday movie look like, you know, and I started thinking about, um, you know, my experiences of going home, I've spent most of my Christmases with other people's families and, you know, getting sort of like thrown into the deep end of somebody else's family dynamics is very intense, you know, but like a lot of humor comes out of that. And then also, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of, um, I've gone home with people as the friend. A lot of times I've had, you know, brought people with me places as the friend. And I think, you know, a lot of queer people can probably relate to that. The times where we have to play friends, you know, with our partners and it in the, the humor that can come out of that, you know, but then it's all, you know, at, at its core, it's also a very like real emotional story. So it just, it really felt like the perfect way to like the perfect way into the genre and to make a, a holiday movie that centers around a queer relationship, but then, um, you know, also is about something very real. It's so funny you mentioned that because my boyfriend, we've been together almost 11 years now. And for the first few years, my grandpa was still alive. He's since passed, but we always had to say he was my roommate. And it was, I mean, looking back on it now, I, I don't think I would still do the same thing. I think I would tell him like, this is my boyfriend, but my mom was always so insistent. You know, it took her a while. I'm from Ohio. It took her a while to come around and, it was always like, just tell him it's too much for grandpa to understand. Like it's too much. It's too much. And now I'd be different, but um, yeah. So my boyfriend would always be sitting at the table with my grandpa and he'd be like, so are you dating anyone? He'd ask my boyfriend. It's like, yeah, insane, insane. Uh, You mentioned you love holiday movies. What, what movies do you like? What kind of holiday movies are you into? I mean, I love uh, home alone. I love Scrooge. I love gremlins. Uh, I love, uh, Family Stone. You know, Family Stone, that was the first time I remember seeing like a gay man. I know it's not a rom-com, but I remember seeing the son Mm -hmm. and it was so impactful to me. I remember at the end, he has a baby, like when they flash forward and, and just being able to watch that with my parents at a time when I wasn't comfortable with myself, it was, it was so impactful. So I think about your movie and what it would have meant to me to see that as a young kid. And, and I mean, I could tear up just thinking about it when they made the announcement for your film, I was so overwhelmed with emotion because I've watched so many of these with my family in the Midwest and I'm in Los Angeles now, but uh, I was so overwhelmed. And then seeing it, uh, watching this movie, it was overwhelming. I wish I had a better adjective, but I understand. That's how I feel when I think about, you know, getting to make this movie you know it really is 
I, I could get, you know, very weepy about it very easily, you know, cause it is, it's something that, you know, I, that I've always wanted to see that, you know, that even that I, that I get to make this movie, that I get to watch this movie that I, you know, and even at the drive-in last night watching it, I was just like, Oh my God, like it happened, you know, it's such a big deal, Clea. Yeah. Like it's such a big deal. I feel like on the, on this podcast, I've been talking forever about, we need LGBTQ representation in this genre. And I just, I'm, thank you. Thank you for oh doing my God. it. I mean, it couldn't, it is such an honor and I'm so grateful that I got, that I got to make this movie and that there were so many people, you know, you know, other members of, you know, the LGBTQ plus community and also allies. Like it was, it was, um, it was a real labor of love. And there were so many people along the way who were so on board with, telling the story. And it was so heartening to see how many people, you know, wanted this to happen too. Now, did you get any pushback from the studio? Because not only do you have these two lesbian characters at the center of it, but you also had the Daniel Levy character who's gay. And I would, I was thinking in my head, it was surprising because oftentimes when there's an LGBTQ character, it's like you get one character, maybe two yeah. characters. Yeah. And here you also had the friend side character. Was there ever any pushback about that? Never. The The studio was always so supportive and really understood, you know, the significance of this movie and really like, you know, because I was the only um, gay person involved in this movie at all until we started like putting the cast together and and the crew, you know, there were no other, there were no queer executives or producers or anything. So it was really, you know, the studio was very um, respectful and really, you know, if they would sort of pitch something to me and I'd be like, no, that's not right. They'd be like, okay, yeah, of course. You know, it's your story. You know, we don't know. Like they were very, you know, they were very aware of what they didn't know and they didn't ever try to like force an agenda. Like they were very respectful and um, it was nice. It was nice to feel so supported and to that this story was always given the respect that it deserved. You know, I've often heard women filmmakers talk about what it's like when they're on a set where it's a female led cast or a female, uh, a largely female cast. And I wonder, did you notice a similar feeling being that there were so many LGBTQ members in the cast and crew on this. It, I mean, it, it was really cool because I'm so used to being the only one, you know, like I am, I would say 90% of the time, the only queer person on set. And it's, and I don't really think about it very much. And I, I, you know, it wasn't until I was not the only one that I was like, Hey, wait a second, something's different. You know, and it was really cool. You know, it was so nice to be able to have that shorthand and that like the couple people to like connect with to be like this thing, right? That we all know about. You know, it was so comfortable and familiar, and um, I, I just I just loved it. It was it was so cool. There were so many little relatable moments as a queer person, but also there was like little details are um, when the Kristen Stewart character and um, when the the two leads were hooking up in the uh, basement bedroom and um, the mom had to come in to get her supplies. Like that's my yeah. life too. Like that was like a yeah. little, I felt like Midwest detail where I'm like, Oh, I yeah. recognize that. Yeah. Um, also, I, I think it was so um, important to see it. Like it felt like winter, whereas a lot of times these movies feel like we're on a soundstage somewhere in Los Angeles. And so that was, that must've been a conscious choice to film oh, it. Yeah. I think you filmed it in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. We filmed in Pittsburgh. 
Um, I really wanted, even though I'm from Los Angeles, I just think, you know, trying to sell Los Angeles at Christmas time is a joke. Like it's 75 degrees. The sun is out. We don't have seasons. Okay. We know. Um, but you know, so I really wanted to set it back East and, uh, it was originally written for New York. Um, but we couldn't afford to shoot there. So when we started looking around at other places, Pittsburgh seemed like the best fit, just like visually, I loved what it looked like and we were going to shoot Pittsburgh for New York. But then once I started, um, you know, researching Pittsburgh and seeing the photos that were coming back from the location scouts, I was like, this place is so gorgeous. The city is beautiful. I would rather just change it to Pittsburgh so we can really embrace, um, embrace it and like take advantage of all the gifts that Pittsburgh has to offer. So that was really, um, that was really cool. And yeah, it was freezing. Um, and you know, we, we were originally going to shoot this movie at the end of, um, or in the very beginning of 2019, and then, you know, just like logistic things happened and we, you know, we kept pushing later and later and later to the point where we were about to start filming, like we would have started filming in like May. And I just was like, I don't want to make this movie, this Christmas movie in, you know, spring, summer. I it, Like the light is different in the winter. Like you can tell when, when you can see people's breath, like it makes such a difference. Huge so, difference. You know, I kind of, I just said like, I would rather wait. And maybe we'll lose people and maybe we won't, but I'd rather take, I'd rather gamble and make this movie the right way because you can't, you know, because this hasn't been done before on the scale. Like it, you have to get it right. You can't, you can't mess up because you don't want to be, you don't want to be the movie that makes people go, see, I told you we shouldn't do this. You want to be the movie that makes people go, oh yeah, we can do this. People are interested. Let's make more. Yeah. I'm thinking about that pressure that you're mentioning. What's that like? Because I mean, I've heard that talked about when it comes to like the the female superhero genre, and I feel like it it must be a, a similar pressure. Obviously, it's a, a different scale of budget, but mm-hmm. but there's still, I mean, this. I, I so many LGBTQ people are looking forward to this movie and excited about it, and that just must feel a little bit overwhelming. I mean, it feels the the main thing it feels is really exciting to do yeah, something yeah. that people care about that much and are so invested in already is is very very meaningful but but you know there is it there is pressure that comes along with that because you want to do it right and you want to honor the story and you want to be authentic and you want to you want to make a movie that's good enough to that encourages studios to invest money to to make those bigger you know bigger budget lgbtq plus stories you know because it's you know, it is, it is long overdue that we're seeing a movie like this, but thank God we are. And like, let's, let's see more, you know? So, um, but you know, and you also want to, what was really helped me not feel like buckle under the weight of the pressure was really just like keeping my, keeping myself focused on telling the story and telling the best story I could in the best way I could and like making it authentic and making it personal and I think if you're telling a personal story in the most honest way you can, like as a, as a storyteller, you can't go wrong. So that was the only, I couldn't control what people thought of it. I couldn't control if people liked it, but I could control, you know, what I put into it and I put everything I could into it. And hopefully, you know, audiences will feel, you know, feel, oh, they did. I did feel the love that I we that. all put into it. 
Clea, I also was like sobbing at the end. Like I, <laughs> like I thought it was so beautiful. And I have to say, like I've never thought Kristen Stewart was. I've never seen her that magnetic. Like I thought she just stunning looking on camera. Like. I was, I'm literally like looking, I'm like, this is the most beautiful human ever. Like, <laughs> I, and not, not that I didn't like her before. I just, I, I don't know. I never, I, I guess I'd never been exposed to her in that way. And I was watching it and I was like, she is the most stunning person ever. Like I'm, I'm done with Dick now. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love her. She's stunning. Yeah. Um, uh, beautiful leads. But so uh, what was it like getting uh, the cast involved? Did you have people in mind as you were writing it or, or was it something that they matched up later? It was more that we matched up later. The only part that we really wrote for someone was uh, Mary Holland. We wrote the role of Jane for her. Um, she's so good too. So she's good. Great. She's so, so, so great. Um, but it, you know, it, Kristen really just felt, even though she is known as a dramatic actress, you know, she's also, I've also seen her be so like funny and silly and free on Saturday Night Live and, that was the moment where I was like, oh, it's Kristen. Kristen is the only person that can play Abby because she can do this. She can do that. It's great. Perfect. Let's do it. You know, yeah. but, you know, it was still not, you know, she it's not the genre that she normally does. So we really like we worked together a lot just to make sure that we had that. Like we were always staying in the tone of the movie because, you know, the beginning of the movie is a lot. You know, it's sort of the more traditional light comedy holiday movie and then it like really transitions into a more emotional place and you know to be able to really land the emotion we had to set up with like the the we had to lead with the humor um I called it hiding the vegetables and Kristen oh. like that I was like Kristen we gotta hide the vegetables <laughs> she was like yeah right 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 oh, um but I thought I thought she did such a beautiful job and she's so charming and I just love her so much and there's so many moments like we keep talking about, like we need to watch the movie together so I can like point out all the things she did that I loved. She'd be like, oh, it's that. I loved when you did that. I loved that. That was great. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. I am so in love with everybody in this movie. It's like- I I'm mean, everyone is great. Crazy. Everyone is great. But Kristen Stewart, I, I was just blown away by her. And I, I loved seeing that other side of her. Like I, it made me want to see more comedic stuff from her and yeah. and light stuff. Um, uh, when you guys were sitting down to write it, you and Mary Holland, were you watching other, were you borrowing things from other holiday rom-coms or other movies or? Not really. I mean, when we were, when I, when I, when I'm writing, I don't like to watch other things because I don't want the thing to become derivative. I, even if we are, even though we were really following the rules of the genre, we weren't like, I didn't want to like steal anything. Right. We wanted our, our, to tell our story on our terms. And then, you know, once I got into, you know, the like transition from like the script stage into like the, the filmmaking stage, my DP and my production designer and I watched a lot of um, romantic comedies and holiday movies and just like movies set in the winter. Like a big one for us weirdly was Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. We watched a lot and it just, there the, the way that they captured the winter felt really good. And um, that was more when, where we were like, cause we wanted to strike this balance of, you know, making it feel like a holiday movie without, you know, shoving holiday iconography down your throat at all times and like painting everything red and green and putting lights on everything and being like, it's a Christmas movie. You know, it was like, cause Christmas is a feeling and we, you know, we worked very hard to be able to communicate that through, you know, the photography and through the sets and the, and all that. 
All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listing, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you, you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Uh, you know, my boyfriend and I, we, we're uh, binging Veep right now. And I've oh, seen it before, but he's watching it for the first time. And we just got to your episode where um, the Catherine character is revealed to be dating y- your character. Um but we're having the best time binging. And also it feels like Veep is a good binge right now because it feels like you're being politically engaged without yeah. having so much to deal with the reality of it all. Uh, what are you binging right now? Like, is, are you a binge watch? Do you watch stuff on TV or like, are you a... I do. I mean, I, I'm a real, I'm a completionist. So once I start something, I have to finish it. So that makes TV very daunting to me if there's too much of it. That I'm just like, I can't possibly start watching that show. There are eight seasons. I'm, how am I going to get anything else done? You know, I'm a little obsessive. Um, but the, we just watched, the thing that we just finished was The Vow and Seduced. We watched Seduced both of the those. stars one, right? Seduced is stars, yeah. Okay, okay. I bet somebody was just telling me I need to watch that. And I, but I feel like it might be too dark for me. Is it like too, is it too dark? It's not, not dark. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch know. The Vow? No. no. Okay. <laughs> No, my boyfriend likes all that heavy stuff. And I'm like just watching The Real Housewives all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but And I don't blame you. I don't yeah. I don't watch those Housewives shows, but the main the thing that um that I watched during quarantine that I had never seen before, but Mary Holland actually is a huge fan of Survivor. Mm. Like obsessed with Survivor, kept telling me to watch it, and I was like, I don't I have never seen an episode. I don't care. And then she finally talked me into it and I got CBS All Access. And then I started watching it and became obsessed with it. We watched, we have watched from like the beginning of quarantine to now 20 seasons. Oh, isn't that the best it, though, Clea? Isn't it just so fun to just sit when you know you have a show? It is. It yeah. is. But then we had to stop because it was getting to be too much. I was like, we need to take a break. We're watching too much. <laughs> right. We did a top, we were doing Top Chef, like from the beginning. Oh my God. I love how good was this season of Top Chef? Well, so I didn't wait the newest season. I didn't watch the newest. We like started from the beginning. So we got up through like 11 and then we were like, we need to take a break because we loved it. But we were like, we watched 11 seasons. It's so good. And I'm obsessed with Gail and Padma and Tom. I am so obsessed with Gail. She is, I have a kind of a crush on Gail and I was at a party once and she was there and she came up to me and it was as though like the Beatles had walked up to me. It was like, (laughs) Oh, Hey, Oh, hi Gail. I was so nervous and awkward and just didn't play it cool at all. If I met Padma, I don't know what I would do. 
Right. I, right. I just wouldn't do it. I would just walk away. It's she's got a great, she's got a great show on Hulu. Did you see that? It was like no. taste the nation. I think it's called. Loved Someone it. just told me about that. I need to watch it. Yeah. So we took a top chef break for veep and I feel like veep is the perfect amount of time for a, for a binge show. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Clea, I got to ask you about, but I'm a cheerleader, another uh, iconic LGBTQ film. They're coming out with a director's cut soon, I think, right? I believe like next yeah. week there's going to be a director's cut released. Yeah. Do you have any uh, memories from that uh, oh film? My God. I have so many memories from that. Um, you know, Jamie Babbitt, who's the director of that film, is a very good friend of mine. And um, Natasha is my best friend. Um, and we, you know, we really. Did you guys we, meet on that movie? No, we met. She was in that movie because of me. Oh, okay. We had be we had met and become friends, and I was like, I was um, in San Francisco making a movie, and she came up to visit me, and we were driving around, and I had the script for Ben and Mature Leader in my car, and she like picked it up, and she's like, "What's this?" And I said, "Oh, it's a movie for the it's a script for this movie I'm doing in December." Um, and she was like, "Can I be in it?" And I was like. Sure, probably. Um, and then we went back to the place that I was staying and we like laid in bed and read the script and like read through it. And she was like, I want to be in this movie. And I was like, okay, I'll call Jamie. And then um, call Jamie and she was in the movie. And that's how she got in that movie. And were you out at the time or did you, were you aware? Like, what was that process like? I mean, I was out in my life, but I wasn't, um, I wasn't out in as an actor. That wasn't until uh, much later. I was, it was, you know, making that movie as a closeted actor was really, um, it was a real dance to try to like stay closeted because people, of course, were like, you know, it was like sharks in the water and I was Mm -hmm. just like covered in, you know, chicken or something. They were just like, we got to get you out, you know, which also was a scary thing to feel like that for the first time feeling like people were trying to out me was so weird and Mm. bad. And I feel like we've come a long way since then. Luckily. Were you aware even now, are you aware of, of the impact that movie had on, on LGBTQ people? Absolutely. I mean, it, it, and it, is definitely like the I think the most important movie I've done as an actor, you know, just the through the years, people approaching me and telling me how significant that movie was for them. It was it has been like so meaningful to me. Like every single person who, you know, who has ever talked to me about their experience really like is a big part of what gave me strength and like helped me get to a place where I, you know, I could come out, you know, in a different way, but like still feel more comfortable because like the amount of people who you know were able to be so strong and so brave was so inspiring to me because of that movie and I was so lucky and what was I hiding from you know you know I think back uh, I feel like I'm getting emotional right now and like thinking back as I was a teenager in Ohio and and that was a movie I remember renting from the video store and there wasn't a lot of LGBT movies at that time and I think that's why the happiest season, for instance, is so important. The more representation, the more people can see themselves on screen, the more comfortable people feel in their own lives. And it's, I don't know that people who haven't experienced it can get it. Yeah. I, I wonder sometimes, you know, if my straight father or brother or something, if they understand because they've seen themselves represented for years on screen. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, it's so, I mean, because they are the default. 
you know, they are the default lens that we see everything through, not just movies and TV, but the world, you know, so it is, you know, and there is like on a, on a subconscious level, I'm sure we all feel as queer people just like that we're, you know, that, you know, that our experience is not the primary one or it's somehow like less than, and that's just not true, you know, and I think the more we can get, you know, the more representation we have and the more we can see stories that are universal told from the, uh, you know, from a queer perspective, I think we'll, um, we'll, you know, hopefully in time, take away that this idea that, you know, there's only one lens, one valuable lens to see the world through. Yeah. Cleo, what's next for you? What do you want to tackle next? <laughs> I, I know you, I think you have a movie with uh, Tegan and Sarah. Is that right? I'm developing um, a series based on their memoir. So I've been okay. uh, working on writing that and that's been really fun. I mean, there's um, two of my best friends and I just, I, their memoir was so beautiful and, um, it's been, I'm really excited about that. And they have a song on the soundtrack for the happiest we season, do, right? Yeah. Which is, which is beautiful. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of your other projects. Um, I love the faculty. We just watched it over Halloween. I think it's like a really fun, uh, sla- not slasher movie, but kind of um, a, a big budget B movie, if you will. Like I thought it was great. Do you have any memories from that movie? Yeah. I mean, that was, it was such a fun movie to make, you know, the cast was so great and we all got along really well. And we shot it in um, Austin, Texas over a summer. And, you know, we had a lot of night shoots. We had, I feel like we had at least like a month of night shoots. So we all lived in on this very specific schedule where we would, you know, work all night and sleep during the day. And it was just so, I don't know, it was, it was a really special experience. And Robert Rodriguez was so fun to work with and really made filmmaking feel accessible and, you know, shared so much with us. And it was just, it was such a blast to make that movie. And Josh Hartnett's in that movie. Of course, I've always been in love with that man. And, uh, and the, so stunning. Wasn't there, did I spot like a poster in the happiest yeah. season of Josh Hartnett? Okay. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I see that. Um, <laughs> What about, uh, is there a favorite of your movies? I mean, you've been, I could mention She's All That, Can't Hardly Wait, Girl Interrupted, which was such a a beautiful, powerful movie. Aside from But I'm a Cheerleader, is there something that sticks out that really feels like uh, such an important role for you? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely had, you know, like on an artistic level, I, you know, there was a show that I did called for HBO called Carnival that was only on for two seasons. Um, That was not very well received at the time, but has since, you know, people have, you know, kind of found it later and really loved it. But that was such an incredible experience that I, you know, I, I loved that show so much that I feel, you know, I still miss, I still miss it. I still, there's still like the little part of me that's like, well, maybe we could reboot. They're rebooting everything. I just saw they're rebooting Punky Brewster. So they can reboot the battle you know, so it it was really, you know, that was really meaningful to me, um, a meaningful thing to be a part of. Um, yeah. And I loved, you know, like Argo was such a cool experience and Veep was like a masterclass in comedy. And I definitely- I mean, it's really the funniest fucking show ever. Like I'm re- so rewatching funny. it. I'm like, it is just the funniest show ever. The and Julia Louise, I mean- She is, forget about it. She is, and she is so remarkable to work with. Like- Cause I am an actor who like, I really need to like know my lines and prepare. And like, I'm not that good 
to just, you know, if I just get something in the moment and have to do it, I feel terrified because I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. But Julia, because we would rewrite so much, we would rehearse a scene and then the writers would go and rewrite it and we would go away and come back to set and they'd be like, here's the new scene. And we would all get it. And Julia would have like this much dialogue in a, in a five page scene and, you know, and we would rehearse it a couple of times and then she would just come out with that performance that was just like, how are you doing that? How it is hard enough for me to do these two lines and you're doing like full paragraphs, such complicated stuff. And she's, I mean, she's a genius. And I've never, no one swears better than Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Like oh, her yeah. saying the F word or anything, it's just like literally the best thing ever. The best. Uh, Clea, I want to wrap this up, but I, first of all, just have to thank you from the bottom of my heart. No, um, I'm not trying to kiss your ass or anything. I just genuinely thank you for this movie. And I hope that people, I hope this movie is a huge success for Hulu and we get more and more of these. I've noticed a shift in 2020, even on, on television within like the lifetime uh, area of ho- holiday movies. It feels like we're starting to get more LGBTQ representation on screen. So, yeah. you know, I, I want to thank you. I ask everyone uh, this last question. It's a silly question. What's your favorite Mariah Carey song? Oh my God. Vision of love. It was the, the oh, song that made me fall in love with her and it still gets me every time. Ah, uh, classic. Clea, thank you so much for taking the time thank uh, you. Uh, from the bottom of my heart. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you so Bye-bye. much. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Oh, it's all- 